Well, over the last couple of weeks, we have been thinking about an Old Testament Christmas and reminding ourselves that Christmas does not begin with the birth of Jesus, but it is a story that is written into the pages of this amazing book and into the fabric of creation. And as we prepare to celebrate Christmas together, we are journeying through this season of Advent. And as we are doing so, it is a time when we are both looking back and celebrating what God has done, specifically the incarnation of Jesus, God stepping into our world and all that means for us as Christians. But we're also looking forward and we are awaiting the second coming, the second advent of Jesus as one day he will return. And we are asking ourselves the question, how can we wait faithfully? How can we wait expectantly as the people of God for Christ's return? Reminded that he said, behold, I'm coming again soon. And so this morning to help us to think about that, we're going to reflect on another group of people found at the very end of the Old Testament in the book of Malachi. And we're going to look at their lives and just ask the question, what can we learn from it about waiting faithfully, waiting in anticipation, waiting expectantly for Christ to return? You know, we all know of times when we have waited for something, when we have hoped for something, when we have anticipated something. Might be a wedding day, a birth of a child, or another special celebration. And we're mindful as we wait today as Christians that 2,000 plus years have passed since Jesus first came. And we know that he is coming back again. And I think that the end of this book of Malachi is helpful for us as we prepare our hearts spiritually this Advent season. So this morning I just want us to look and to note the spiritual condition of these people at the end of the Old Testament as they waited. And then to think about our own hearts and our own spiritual condition as we wait as people of God anticipating the second coming of Christ. So if you have your Bible let's start reading in chapter 3 verse 13 and note what it says. It says this. You have spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord. Yet you ask, what have we said against you? You have said it is futile to serve God. What do we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper. And even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. And the Lord listened and heard. And the scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honoured his name. On that day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, 
They will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. You will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked. Between those who serve God and those who do not. Well, as we come to the end of the Old Testament, we see these powerful words that show us two distinct groups of people within the nation of Israel. And it poses a challenge for us as a church this Advent, because these two groups of people are still present within the church worldwide. And that should be a wake-up call for us all. The first group are those who are waiting faithfully for God, even though that is a difficult task and not easy. And then there are those whose faith is failing as they wait. And even right now they are drifting from God. It's interesting to note as we come to these verses in Malachi of the context because both groups appear religious. But only one has a true relationship with God. Let's look first at the group whose faith is failing. And we note that despite all that God has done for them, their faith is characterised by complaining. Let's look at some of the things they say. They complain that it is futile to follow God. They ask, what do we gain from being obedient to God? And going to the temple before the Lord God Almighty to mourn our sins. They question how they have been blessed by God and they look at their neighbours who are not following God and they conclude that life is better for them and as a result the text tells us that they have disengaged from serving God and they are drifting away from him do you know it's a reminder this morning that we can be religious and yet miss out on the joy of knowing God what a challenge that is to us all this Advent. These kinds of attitudes are found in the church everywhere. And they're a sign of people who are just going through the motions of religious life, but missing out on that relationship with God. And we need to remind ourselves this morning as we wait that going through the motions will never bring us spiritual fulfillment if you're feeling dry this morning if you are feeling unfulfilled this advent season in your spiritual walk if you have found yourself carrying a negative spirit and just complaining a lot if you once served God faithfully but now you find yourself almost completely disengaged you need to ask yourself the question this morning honestly whether you have slipped into the habit of just going through the motions in your spiritual walk rather than enjoying the life-giving joyful relationship that Jesus offers each one of us you see waiting is not easy 
And sometimes our faith can slip into oblivion. That is the story of much of the Old Testament, of this cycle that happens in people's lives, of one generation that is passionate for the Lord. And then people get into their comfort zone and slowly they disengage and they begin to complain and grumble against God and slip away from him. And we've seen it here in Scotland. We've seen how people slipped into a cultural Christianity. And slowly the church began to die. But the good news and the encouragement in these verses is that there is a second group of people who are spoken about. They are in the minority. And they are still holding on to the promises of God. Still fearing God. Seeking to live for God. Obeying God. And living lives out of love and awe and reverence for him. And they're spoken of as a faithful remnant. God makes this incredible promise. God says a day is coming when I am going to come in person. And I am going to act. And I'm going to call out for myself a people. Those who cling on to me. Those who are seeking me. Those who are honouring me and desiring to live for me. And I'm going to show them my love and I'm going to show them my compassion. And they are going to become my treasured possession. What a joy that is. To be treasured by someone is something special. To be treasured by God, well that is something even greater. And if you know Jesus and you're seeking to honour him and live for him and walk with him, as difficult as that might be, you are God's treasured possession this morning. He loves you. He wants to show you compassion because he knows that none of us are perfect. But that's what faith is about. It's believing in God for what we cannot do for ourselves. And this faithful remnant are a reminder this morning that following Jesus is always the narrow path. Not just within society, but sadly sometimes within the church. These words in Malachi have a double perspective. They speak not only of Christ's first coming, but also of his second coming. And Advent is important because it ties into much of what we've been thinking about recently, about spiritual practices and sustaining our faith at this difficult time and keeping our hearts fertile and soft so that we do not miss out on Jesus or anything that he has in store for us. Here are a group of God's people. And they're waiting for God. And there's this group that are faithful and this group whose faith is drifting. And I think for those of us who have been Christians for many years, it can be hard and it takes hard work not to slip into a habit of growing cold in our spiritual walk. Of just going through the motions. Of reading these stories that are familiar with to us and not letting them become somehow dry and stale. We're reminded as we step into the New Testament that there were those 
who were ready for Christ's coming, who were eagerly anticipating the inbreaking of God into their world. And when they saw the Messiah, they recognized him. They had spent time seeking God and holding on to his promises, even in times of silence. And while there were whole swathes of the Jewish people who missed out on Christ, there were those who sought him and those who found him and those who came offering themselves and offering gifts of worship to him. Those whose hearts were tuned to the kingdom of God. And our prayer is that that might be us this Advent. That as we hear these stories, and I've been hearing these Christmas stories for over 40 years of my life, that they might still come to us with a fresh awe and wonder. That we might be part of that faithful remnant who are still seeking God, who are still awaiting Christ's second coming. And as we wait, our hearts are soft and we just want to know him and praise him and worship him and live for him. And each day we still find freshness in this book and freshness in our walk with God. You know, for us as Christians, there are two types of judgment. One type of judgment is a blessing from God, and that might seem a strange thing to say. But it's a type of judgment that is temporary. And it comes into our lives in order to cleanse us and to purify us and to get us back on track with God. And that is a kind of judgment and discipline from God that we should all welcome. We see God bringing this kind of temporary judgment on his people right throughout the Old Testament. And yet some of them were slow to learn the lessons. And this Advent, we should welcome a fresh work of God in our lives. Anything that helps to breathe new life into our relationship with him. Anything that makes us more like Christ, we should embrace. In fact, we should pray for it. And we should open our hearts to it. And we should say to God, come and have your way and your will in my life. Continually correct my course and keep me on track with you. Where that fire in my heart for you is perhaps flickering and going out. Do a deep work of God in my life this Advent. Fan back into flame that passion for your name and for your church. And just prepare me to step into 2021 with you. And where there is any complaint or criticism in my heart, just overwhelm me afresh with your love and your grace soften my heart again that I might love you with all my being are you prepared to let God come and work in you in that way is that a work of God that you would welcome in your heart this advent to move you perhaps from complacency to commitment because there's another judgment that's spoken of in these verses and that is one that none of us want to come under. And so God's people are to wait expectantly and they are to remember. Look at what it says. Remember the law of my servant Moses. 
the decrees and laws I gave him at Horeb for all Israel. As God's people, we are to remember, and the Israelites here are told to remember two things. Firstly, they are to remember the law, and secondly, they are to remember the circumstances in which the law was given. Because in remembering both, they will gain a kind of rounded view of God. If they just remember the law, they might fall into legalism. But if they remember the circumstances in which the law was given and the mighty redemptive work of God leading his people out of Egypt, then they will remember afresh the grace of God. And it's as we remember both these things that it keeps us on course and on track in our spiritual lives. We're to remember that God is holy. We are to remember his law. We are to commit to obeying him. But so we don't slip into religious legalism. We're to remember again what God has done for us. And his mighty grace at work in our lives. And that is the reason that we love him so much. And lay down our lives for him. As you go through this advent. Why not pause and take time just to remember all that God has done for you. All the ways that God has powerfully been at work in your life. All the grace that he has shown you. And then recommit your life again to following him and honouring him and obeying him. And ask God to help you just to meditate on his word day and night that it might be written onto your heart and that you might delight to do it. And in that way, following the law will not be as much of a struggle, but actually something that you rejoice in. So as we wait, we are to remember. And as we remember that God has worked in the past, so we remember that God always fulfills his promises. The Old Testament ends with these words. See, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before that great and dreadful day of the Lord comes. He will turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the charts of the children to their parents. Or else I will come and strike the land with total destruction. Interesting way to end the Old Testament. But here at the end there is this prophecy of one who will come before that day of judgment. One who will herald the advent of God. Again there is this double perspective here in these verses. Of one who will come to prepare the way for Jesus' first coming. And call the people to repentance. But also we know from the book of Revelation that there will be another who will come. Who will herald the second coming of Christ. Often we can overlook the significance of John the Baptist, but Jesus himself says in Luke 7, 28, I tell you that among those born of women, there is no greater one than John. John may be a slightly strange desert character. Or as I was thinking this week, perhaps someone who was just ahead of his time. And if you doubt me on that, then go and Google online your local health store. And you will see that they have a ready supply 
of locusts and manuka honey and they are touting the benefits of both. And so here was John, perhaps ahead of his time, eco-friendly in his diet, coming from the desert, but one whose heart was set on honouring God and set on spiritually preparing people for the coming of the Messiah, that they might recognise him and receive him when he came. And as we end this morning, that seems to me this Advent morning to be a really important ministry which the church can get involved in. Calling people to examine their hearts, to repent, to make right their relationship with God and with one another. Seeking to restore family bonds in faith so that that baton of faith can be passed from one generation to the next. And in everything we know about the ministry of John the Baptist, we see that he is someone who humbly sought to exalt Christ at all times. He always said, it's not about me, but it is about the one who will come, Jesus Christ. And as we are called to faithfully wait, we're also called as a church to help to prepare others this Advent season. It begins with preparing our own hearts, but after that, it's about calling others to wait expectantly on God and to look expectantly for him. To repent of those things that are holding them back from entering into a relationship with God. And then in faith receiving from Jesus all that he has in store for them. Of pointing people at all times, not to ourselves or to this church, but to Jesus Christ. What about you this Advent? Are you faithfully waiting? Are you expectantly waiting? What condition is your heart in this morning? Is your faith drifting? Is it fading this Advent season? Or is it on fire? On fire for Jesus? And all that he wants to bless you with this Advent season. And are you pointing others towards the hope of Christ that you have found? As a church scattered this Christmas time, we cannot gather people in this building to share with them the good news. But you and your life can be a living testimony to others of the difference that Jesus makes. And you can point people this Advent season to the real identity of that baby in the manger. How are you helping others prepare this Advent for Christ? You know, the wonderful thing about waiting at this point compared to those in the Old Testament who were waiting is that Jesus has already come and he promises us his presence with us as we wait. We know Christ. We have this incredible book that equips us and prepares us as Christians to live for Jesus in this period of waiting. 
and we've read Revelation and we know how the story turns out and we know that we are on the victory side and we just long for that day when Christ will come again. But as we wait, we have the power of his Holy Spirit that is for us. We have the blessing of doing this journey of faith together with Christ and with one another. And we have his word. We have the gift of prayer. And all that we need. To wait faithfully. To wait expectantly. And to live for him in the waiting. May God lift up our eyes to see Christ afresh. And to help us to live for him this Advent season. Let's pray together. Father God, you bless us in abundance. We are blessed to know your Son, Jesus Christ. We pray that the Spirit of God may fill us afresh this Advent season. That you might fan back into flame a passion for your name, a passion for your glory, a passion for your church, and a passion for those who do not yet know you. We pray that as we take time to spiritually prepare ourselves this Advent season, that we would also have time to spiritually prepare others. And we thank you for the promises that we have been given in Christ. And we thank you that what you promise you fulfill. So bless us. Encourage us, we pray. In the name of Jesus. Jesus.